right. We're the ghouls next door. Yeah, two of us. Yeah. I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And that's us. And and we're part of the Black Tribbles Network, which is an amazing nerdy resource featuring some of our favorite nerds and geeks. So if you want to geek out about lots of things or you specifically want to geek out about horror. Yeah, you've come to the right place because we're both of those things because I gave the horror triple and I'm Kat the death by robots triple. So we make a lot of sense in this world. (laughs) Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. And I'm Kat. And we're, we're the Ghouls Next Door. And this is our 43rd episode. Where we're going to be talking about monstrous men. Ooh, oh my god, aren't they Aren't they always monstrous though? Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Leaning towards yes. Okay, history would say so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this month we've been talking about um, our new year, new me theme and mm-hmm. uh, this is the final episode of that theme before we move on to something different for february yeah so we're talking about monstrous men and specifically monstrous men where it relates to puberty um because in the monstrous women episode we talked about how young women come into their i guess girls come into their womanhood and how and sometimes there's monsters right and this time we're talking about how boys turn into young men and sometimes they're monsters. <laughs> yep. And sometimes that's true. Yeah. So puberty, ain't in a, ain't in a stinker. Um. Yeah. So <sighs> puberty, how it hits and it just keeps on hitting until it's quote unquote done. You know, puberty actually starts uh, for for men or boys becoming men when kind of just happens overnight. Whenever you have your first uh, seminal ejaculation. Yeah. That's that's how you know. So you start to become a man or in the process of becoming a man when you are actually able to now produce sperm that can then uh, populate an egg and then that can give birth to a child. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, according to the Internet, mm-hmm. I read that it is measured when the uh, male genitalia begins to enlarge. Mm-hmm. Um and then that is the measure or the beginning point for male puberty. Yeah. It can happen between the ages of 9 and 14, mm-hmm. whereas with women it's 8 and 14, so yeah. just a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, talking about, like, a personal anecdote about going through puberty, mm. it, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> that bad for me. Oh, lucky. For me, oh, it was so lucky. <laughs> I was already a weird kid, so I just had an excuse to be more weird. It's just like, oh, that's oh, that's just that's just Gabe. Don't worry about it. It's, it's cool. It's, it's just weird that we expect that. Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of similar. I was already kind of a weird kid, but I just got much weirder. <laughs> so, voice definitely deepened a bit. Lost my ability to sing. <laughs> I was in choir for for quite some time, and then when puberty hit me like a Mack truck on the empty freeway, it it, uh, it took all of it, and not, not even just that. Puberty hit me in ways that I never would have thought of. Uh, not only with just the whole voice deepening, and even the odd like parts of it cracking. Where is one moment you sound like you're still a youth, and the next minute you're just a grown man? Like, hi, I'm Cat, and then hi, I'm Cat. Whoa, where did it go from? Oh, I sound like my father. Oh. Let me, let me, let me get back to my normal voice, and, and just trying to like, I guess, uh, find your weird in between with that. But hair, 
hair is a thing that yeah. grows everywhere and it just comes at you full force without warning. I remember I woke up one day bald and the next day, bam, right there in your privates. It's like, what's popping, player? We're here now. You're becoming a man. And that bugged me out. That happened when I was like 10. It bugged me out, but like I felt like I accomplished something wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> like I could just walk around a little bit taller now. I'm like, yes, this this is how I do things. This is how how we we accomplish it all now. I and and because it happened to me at such a young age, I was like I felt way ahead of everyone because I think everyone else for me in uh, my age group and in class group for for school it kind of happened to them maybe a year or two later mm. so i was i was one of the, the first few ones with armpit hair private area hair voice started cracking yeah i don't remember the exact age that i i went through puberty but it was i remember my exact age <laughs> it, i tell you hair everywhere <laughs> hair everywhere hormones started to go wild oh i'll touch on that soon yep <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I'll actually talk about the, the hormone things now. So, what they don't tell you about <clears throat> puberty for guys, uh, um, nocturnal emission is a thing, y'all. Like, you know how you're able to produce sperm now, and yeah, you, you a man? Yeah, well, that process happens overnight, and well, you, you, you might want to get some new sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just remember the, the very first time it happened to me, completely the most embarrassed i wish i'd rather have pissed the bed i I rather wish i peed the bed but it happened and then i had to look my dad directly in his eyes and say i don't know what's happening to me i am changing i think i'm broken <laughs> i'm sorry it just it was like with all my late pure innocence that i had left within me i began to cry i was like i was like i don't there's hair everywhere my voice doesn't stay the same it can't stabilize i had to quit choir i'm growing my feet are getting ginormous <laughs> I, the bed is ruined i just and then my dad just patted me on the head and was like cat it's okay this is all part of growing older you're going through a thing known as puberty and that's when <laughs> hormones swung and i was like no i don't want to go through puberty i don't want this although i like getting taller but i don't want to go through this at all this is horrible why me have i have i been cursed <laughs> oh god i'm sasquatch i went from I went from a six to a nine and a half real quick. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm now four inches taller than all my peers. I don't get what's happening. I'm a giant. I'm just colossal knocking everyone over. And hormones, just there's more on hormones later because, God, they're awful. <laughs> but they're yes. awful and they're never ending. Urges. <laughs> when I first heard of nocturnal emissions, all I could think about was that super late block of Adult Swim where they just played, uh, like, weird anime music videos. <laughs> like Initial D and stuff. Yeah, oh like, weird God. anime and weird anime music videos. Yes. And it was just called Nocturnal Emissions. And I remember <gasps> watching it and be like, I wonder what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then I learned. And lo and behold, it happens to everybody, every boy <laughs> out there. That's your body's way of saying, hey, you're now a young man. <laughs> Facts. What are we learning? Facts. Oh, yeah. Facts? What else? Facts. Okay. Yeah, those facts. What other things? Those facts. Got it. Facts. Yeah. So, Monstrous Men Facts. And talk about what it means when men are transformed into beasts after becoming a man you know how that usually shows up in film and in history and stuff all right so let's talk about those facts those facts <laughs> so typically in in media when a man has puberty it's not they're not usually shown as being monstrous mm -hmm. um right they're, 
usually portrayed as being heroic. The biggest example that comes to mind is Spider-Man. Mm. Um, your body's going through changes, and you're shooting goop everywhere. Yep. It's because you're a Spider-Man. Nocturnally mission. <laughs> <laughs> or it's shown as being comedic. Think like American Pie uh, or yeah. like uh, Teen Wolf, which perfect example is... Yeah. I understand your body's going through changes, and open the door, it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> Dad is also a werewolf. Don't freak out. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> In that case, for, for monstrous men, the, the monster part isn't always related to the individual. Right. Um, something we'll talk about a little bit later is that it's an outside force that messes with them, that turns them into the monster. Mm -hmm. Whereas with monstrous women the them becoming a woman was part of becoming the monster right. for example carrie hmm. um she it opens with her getting her period and being ridiculed for it and her sort of coming into her own is when she like murders a bunch of people mm -hmm. um but that's not always the case with monstrous men for them either they were always the monster for example like monster movies like mm -hmm. the creature from the, the, black, creature lagoon. From the black lagoon so uh, to bring it back to to specifically about monstrous men transforming around puberty um the facts i i could not find very many examples of this um it was more of talking about puberty as a whole more mm. like educational things about puberty right um and the history of puberty i mean it goes back to the dawn of hum humankind humankind just <laughs> a very <laughs> natural thing puberty yeah a lot of i guess facts that come along with the the monstrous men like you said it almost seems it almost seems as if for men in horror movies and, and thrillers and those sort of things, in order to actually be considered a monstrous man, something has to have happened to them. And, and it's not necessarily a very innate thing unless they're per se like an alpha type monster, like the original. Like ties back into the superhero thing where men, when you're going through puberty, you're going through all these crazy bodily changes and mental changes as well, that you get thrusted upon into this sort of lifelong adventure of I'm going to achieve something great that I am this hero of my own story because you know women weren't the heroes of their own story way back when I'm the hero of my story and I'm gonna bring all my friends and all my, my colleagues and 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 rescue a damsel in distress and you know get the girl win the day yada yada gold house happy ending and, and that's what it seems but if at any point throughout your journey, more than just like an obstacle, something is actually interfering with your growth, with uh, your puberty per se, then you become a monster. You become this thing that gets outcasted and not necessarily looked down upon, but you get looked at very differently and you yourself tend to have a different outlook towards the world. You tend to bring upon these aggressive tendencies which are just hormones you can't understand because your your body is really changing and your ability to regulate and monitor certain levels of stress uh even dopamine levels uh everything just it starts to change because your brain is a major part of this and is still developing. And while your brain is still developing, you're going to go through a whole bunch of, of changes. And fortunately, unfortunately, it happens to a lot of people. <laughs> um, but with the, the monsters aspect of it, yeah, it seems like you become extremely aggressive. You always have a odd sense of pride and you always want to dictate pretty much everything that you want everything to go your way essentially and it becomes monstrous because in that regard you become a dictator and dictators are never nice <laughs> they never have anything <laughs> good planned and you become such in a small bubble and like social aspect that it kind of erodes your inner circle and outer circle uh, because people want to stay away from a monster they don't like monsters. They kill monsters. Pitchforks and flame torches and everything. Getting back to the to the, the media aspect or the media portrayal, um, the thing that changes the person or the, uh, the man from being just a uh, run-of-the-mill young man going through puberty into a monster, 
Um, from the examples we saw, it was usually science. Yes. Science! Science. How can you be so cruel to us? It we was... were so good. <laughs> a deviation from the traditional family values brought upon by science. science. <laughs> <laughs> the cruel crunching numbers that we must use to calculate better and better understanding of the world. <laughs> In that case, it was usually um, it was science as a... I guess as a cautionary tale, it can turn you into a monster, mm. which um, mirrors the the early um, comic book heroes as well. Mm. Spider-Man turned into Spider-Man because of science, sure. and all of his villains were predominantly turned into their villain selves through science as well. It's mm. just Peter Parker was the good person, and the rest of them were bad. Right. So he has to punch them a lot. A um, lot, a lot. <laughs> like, like a lot, a lot. Decades, decades of punching. Yes. Well, there was the one time he even became a spider. That yeah had to be a whole new level of quote-unquote puberty <laughs> for him. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, I guess it was related to the clone saga mm. of the comic book version of Spider-Man. Mm. But in the cartoon version, um, he his mutation goes out of control. And he turns into a six-armed, two-legged spider person. Completely hideous. Yeah. Absolutely grotesque and frightening. <laughs> what does it mean when the men are transformed into beasts? What does it say about us? It says, I mean, it says a lot, I think, that the, the, the they start as innocent young men, go through puberty, and become these monstrous creatures. Right. Um, it says a lot about what people were thinking at the time. Um, some of these films from the, the 50s and 60s were... Uh, there's a lot of like underlying fear put in. Uh, I mean, I guess in horror in general, but yeah. um, it was this was a specific kind of fear about about not about like I guess loss of innocence and becoming something different. Oh, for sure, uh, it was definitely shown a lot in the movie. So the the topic or the specific of men transforming into monsters around puberty was actually um as we stated, it was like. It, uh, usually puberty is a time for heroics you know for mm. spider-man static all of them getting their powers and becoming heroes right. um and then for men transforming into monsters like taking away the puberty aspect there are like there are plenty of examples of that um mm. the original um uh, wolfman yep. uh dr jekyll dr jekyll and mr hyde, hyde. Mm -hmm. um it's it's again it's a it's either a like for Wolfman, it's a like a fear of the wilderness or like the the primal side right. of of humankind, and with Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, it's the again science mm. um, corrupting us and be be afraid of these people who are not um, who are not you know <laughs> True. The, who are not part of the predominant social social structure. Right, right, right. Fear the scientists. <laughs> exactly. Which. Ironically, what also made me think of, well, wouldn't Dr. Frankenstein, even though he himself isn't, I guess, quote-unquote, a monster, he kind of mm. was a monster for creating a monster, well, I shouldn't say a monster, a misguided undead child. Yeah, yeah. And then Which... abandoning it. <laughs> <laughs> so, therefore, doesn't that make him a monstrous man? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, something we talk about in our Mary Shelley episode is the... Uh, you don't ask to be born. You don't have to be born again. Tear <laughs> <laughs> it um, But yeah, it always comes back to, back to science. Yes. Um, I guess two things. Mm. Science and that primitive side. Right. Um, the very primal and ancient aggressive side of us that hides within. Yeah. Um, I guess in... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more later, but mm. it's it's a little bit of both in I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there's always a, a a legend of some thing that's both less than and greater than right. humans at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's also related to some, like, superstition or some folklore. Um, in, um, there's lots of, like, uh, and the other um, thing we're going to be talking about more in in Hemlock Grove, it's more about romantic superstition. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just is the the greatest one that always comes to mind when it comes with monstrous men is the is the Wolfman, the werewolf itself. And 
first off, I just want to say, when I was younger, I definitely wanted to be a werewolf. I definitely went through this phase where it's like, same. I'm not going <laughs> to unlock any sort of superhero power. I better be a werewolf. <laughs> I better. I want to howl out the, oh, I want to howl out the moon. Transform me at night. Let me, give me the ability to become a wolf so I don't have to be afraid of the forest. Like, I, I just, I, I was already like a, a, a decently athletic kid. Make me more athletic. I see. I want to be able to jump out the gym. <laughs> I want to be able to run super fast, have my senses be all crazy. I was about that wolf life. I don't know about vampires, but that, that we'll talk about that later. But wolf life, yes, me, monstrous. <laughs> Wanted that for a little bit, but not monstrous in the Dr. Frankenstein way because, you know, I'm I'm a good person. But <laughs> just, just, just trying to let y'all know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Full on the uh, underworld style of werewolf that's like you can control it you don't turn into like a big dog you turn yes. into like a half wolf monster yes that i wanted all of that like the thing even from van helsing but just with you know the underworld ability to i am in full control yeah because the werewolf and van helsing had like the, the biggest the greatest like transformation besides hemlock grove which i will say is definitely like a euphemism for how puberty just hits you <laughs> everywhere I think it, it just stems from that that fear because as i said <laughs> monstrous men history will tell you we are <laughs> uh, that there i think is this need in unfortunately that may be innately for some sort of conflict and when it comes to men the conflict is usually always very aggressive and not assertive and there is a difference between the two so that's why there was a lot of colonizing and conquering, you know, from way back when that may still hide within the the character depths of most men out there. Mm. And it's not saying that everyone's out here for world and global domination. It's saying that pretty much every man wants to be an alpha in some way. And you can only have a particular, there can only be one alpha per se, per group, I guess. But everyone, every man wants to be an alpha, and then that can actually transform you into something monstrous, because that then kind of attacks one's pride, or at least plays at one's pride, and pride is the downfall to, to everybody. Hmm. If you have too much of it, it kills you. Pride will kill you left and right. It is, it is the ultimate anchor. And because of it, well, we transform ourselves into monsters while we are going through this this stage of puberty because we're trying to find ourselves in this world. We begin to actually gain a greater sense of self that I find on that I found on this online article. Uh, it was just like men's it was like a men's health article going through the whole social awkwardness and awareness. Most people hit puberty during middle school and high school. That's probably the most socially awkward time you're ever <laughs> going to experience. And you're trying to find your way. So then things become clicky. And <laughs> with clicks, well, you tend to ostracize other people because they don't tend, <laughs> tend to fit in your own particular bubble or what you figure is normal. And, well, some people... They don't like that. <laughs> so you kind of become an outsider or you try to fit in, which mm, fitting in is good per se. But it, the way you try to fit in is you will then start to take on whatever people kind of place upon you. So whatever mm. you get characterized as, that's what you're going to present yourself at. So someone, you know, starts to say, hey, you know, this person is like a goody two-shoes. You're socially aware now. Okay, I want to try and be, a, you know, a goody two-shoes. This is, this is, this is what, this is what helps me. This is what helps me get, you know, in, in, intertwined with friends. Friends, I need friends now. Like, I need, I need a social, I need a social group. Friend. Uh, like, friend, 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 <laughs> friends. I need a friend. Please. <laughs> but those who are ostracized. They tend to, quote, unquote, not care. Wrong. Everyone cares because everyone needs somebody. And I know I was mentioning earlier about the, the alpha mentality with it. Everyone wants to be an alpha. So with that, you're going to want to follow your own set of rules because you think you know everything. And when you think you know everything, you can be misguided very easily by someone <laughs> that knows far more than you. <laughs> because more likely than not, they're older. 
and you can be manipulated, which I think is a point we're trying to talk about later. Mm. But what's yeah. that? Yeah, what? manipulation from authority figures. Yeah, manipulation <laughs> from authority figures. Again, troubles with authority figures. It's <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing in puberty that you tend to struggle with because mm. you you feel you know everything. You want to know everything, but newsflash, we don't. <laughs> Spoopy films. The spoopiest. Yeah, we watched old spoopy. Spoopy. Spooky. Spooky. Films. Films. <laughs> spooky films here for you. For me? The two things that we watched for this episode mm-hmm. a film and a series. Um, first was. I Was a Teenage Werewolf, mm-hmm. a 1957 film, and a Hemlock Grove, the Netflix series, running from 2013 to 2015, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. So first, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. It was directed by Gene Fowler Jr. I Was a Teenage Werewolf is a story about a young man named Tony Rivers, who is a very aggressive young man. Um, he, he punches people at the slightest provocation. He's quick to anger. He, uh... I run hot, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's being raised by a single father, and he is, um, he is, he's, he's pretty punch-happy. Um... Mm-hmm. Very punch-happy. <laughs> so, this, um, teenager, he, um, in order to curb his, uh, his destructive behavior, the principal convinces him to visit Dr. Alfred Brandon and um, go through some psychotherapy treatments to try and find the root cause of the anger and cure him. Spoiler alert. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't Science. cure him. Science is evil. And it'll turn you into a werewolf. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, he's used as a guinea pig for the doctor's nefarious schemes of unlocking the primal man, as he says. And transforms him into a vicious werewolf. Mm. Um, this film was made for just one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it went on to gross over two million. Ooh, talk about so, making your money back! Very impressive. Um, it spawned a a short series of films called uh, the Four Teenage Monster Movies. Okay. Uh, they were produced by AIP during nineteen fifty seven and nineteen fifty eight. All four films highlighted a theme of innocence mm. being corrupted and preyed, uh, teenagers being preyed upon um, by adults with selfish re- for selfish reasons. This doctor who was supposed to help Jimmy sorry, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> See, Tony, Jimmy, Timmy, I mean, no, it's, Timmy's in the corner. Timmy's hey, in the Timmy. corner. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> the film opened and it said, oh no, Jimmy! And I said, from then on, I was like, oh my god, Jimmy's the main character. This is great. Yeah. It's such a stereotypical... 50s movie and it's like oh no the main character's name is tony how am i gonna remember this (laughs) there's no rhyme scheme to nothing i don't know uh... (laughs) throughout the film you see tony acting you know not good with authority figures there are a few scenes actually that show that he is willing to work with them Mm. he just he wants to be better yeah um the catalyst for this is when they're all having a fun party and they're playing pranks on each other such as pretending to be murdered, uh, putting on scra- scary masks. Someone plays a horn behind his head, and he just turns around and punches Dex the guy. Him right in the face. And then he doesn't stop. He just keeps punching him. <laughs> like, does he not? He doesn't know the meaning of stop. Okay. <laughs> I just keep going. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, so he realizes the error of his ways, um, and he uh, agrees to go through this treatment. He was originally opposed to it because... Mm-hmm. He don't want no quack shrinking his head, I believe is the... The exact <laughs> words he used. 1950s, y'all, the slang. <laughs> Woo, it was different times. Different, different times. times. Oh, man. Um, so what I thought was interesting, um, bringing it back to the, the puberty um, aspect, mm. is the uh, there's a turning point in the movie when he can't go back. Um, he's still like turning into werewolf, not turning into it. Yeah. And then there's a moment where he is, uh, he just had a meeting with a principal. Everyone's really happy with his behavior. Mm. He's going to go to a great college. He's got his whole life. Like everything is going 
everything's coming up, Tony. Yeah, finally. <laughs> and he's uh, leaving the principal's office, and he passes the gym, mm. and he sees one of his friends, um, a young woman, who is practicing gymnastics. Yes. And he stays a moment to to watch. Um, it's sort of shown as a, he's just sort of curious, and he's maybe, like, wants to talk to her, say she's doing a good job. Mm -hmm. But he starts leering at her, almost. It starts being a little bit more than friendly. Yeah. And then the... Uh, bell rings next to his head and he uh, freaks out and turns into a werewolf so it's this um, this like watching a woman and then being turned into a beast like sexual predator like yeah, like a little bit like that I mean was... just in <laughs> <laughs> I mean just in words although maybe not in the exact term no what? it's it's more like because like wolves are pretty you know what I'm a you got this <laughs> It's more like the uh, the parallels between the uh, the the primal like person acting on their you know internal instincts, mm. and that being like just the the worst excuse. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's films like this one that sort of created a precedent for it because he's he became it, like he was if he was just walking home and he didn't see he's if the door was closed. Maybe he turns out to be fine. Maybe he turns into a wolf in some other, like, loud place. I don't know. Yeah. Someone honks at him in traffic. He turns into a wolf. I mean, still... It's it's, it's still not a great not outcome. Good. <laughs> but, like, it wouldn't... It wouldn't be as creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he turns into a werewolf, and this is the final time. And you get to see the um, transformation. Um, up until that point, they sort of show him, like, he's, like, he's a beast. Mm. And it's... Um, I mean, he's he's a guy in a mask. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's fine. It, you can tell <laughs> prosthetics everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he uh, he runs amok, runs into the woods, and gets hunted down and killed. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, but don't worry, the evil doctor and his nice moral uh, uh, apprentice or assistant rather um, also die. Is the apprentice moral? <laughs> well, he objects. Yeah, but then he's, he's like he's morally ambiguous. I feel like he had ample opportunities to try and stop him, so he's at fault here too <laughs> by a lot. I mean, granted, he did get his just desserts, but he's more like I really don't think we should be doing this. As he fills the syringe and injects yeah. the boy, <laughs> like you have no sort of free will of your own, do you? You're just yep, you're a yes man. Yeah, I think how the how it all ended. Mm. He was killed as a monster, and then when he reverts back as a human, uh, all the the officers, well, the two officers that were there that shot him, uh, and I pretty much, and pretty much uh, put a stop to his werewolfingness. That is him. Um, his wolfing. His wolfing. Yeah, his wolfing. They are they are sad, but they also felt like there was no other way. Yeah, they they sort of reacted the way like putting down an animal like the way you would do that it's like oh this is a darn shame but you got to do it right. not like oh man we just killed a kid exactly <laughs> like that that that's a kid we just got done talking to his father like yeah. oh okay well now we have to tell him hey we know your wife has been gone and your son tony has been missing we found him like this oh <laughs> How can you say you found him like this with bullet holes and like that's <laughs> yeah. not you can't it's just it seemed they were resolute in their decision, but I feel they almost shouldn't have. Like there yeah. wasn't enough remorse felt. I mean the first thing out of his mouth was you saw it. I it was in self defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it's like you went there. Okay. You went there. Nineteen fifties, y'all. Apparently that was just the thing. Yep. I don't know. It left it left me just wishing that he was able to make it out because there he took a few shots before he yeah. like actually fell down. And I just wished like maybe before the last like the killing shot that somehow Tony was able to like revert back enough like oh this hurts oh my god what am I doing yeah. wait I'm human like try and gather myself but because of everything that had transpired he became a full blood monster. And you're a monster, you get put down. Something you had mentioned just a little bit ago when he had saw the woman, mm -hmm. right? Saw his, his woman friend. Uh, and he just transformed. 
That brings me into Hemlock Grove. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because episode one, first, let me just give you a brief, give the audience a brief synopsis. So, Hemlock Grove, it's based on the book by Brian uh, McGreevy and and his executive producer by acclaimed horror master Eli Roth. He's my husband. Yeah, that's your boo thing. (laughs) So, this Netflix original series revolves around the peculiar residents and killer creatures of Hemlock Grove, a dilapidated former steel town in PA. Oh, that's us! Yeah! PA, we're here! (laughs) Oh, (laughs) did you know PA has more hate groups per capita than any state state in the United States? Just wanted to let y'all know that fact was in Hemlock Grove. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wanted to fact check that Mm -hmm. because it's... I believe it. Yeah. I just want to make like confirm because yes. that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's scary. It's oh. also sad. It's yeah. very sad. It's like, oh, we live here. Oh. <laughs> and so the town is is composed of people living in poverty and those who are extremely wealthy. The Godfreys. Uh, they they are the wealthiest wealthiest family in all of Hemlock Grove, and and everyone has a secret there. Uh, there's sinister mysteries that you know tend to unfold in a seamier in a seamier side of the town that it gets exposed as well, placing suspicion on many and revealing that nothing is what it seems. So that's the synopsis of the Hemlock Grove. So what I wanted to talk about uh, again is more uh, I guess like the the primal man side with hmm. being unable to control urges. So in Hemlock Grove, the very first episode, uh, there there's a, a scene where this young young lady is meeting up someone for a date, a hookup of sorts. And she is literally ripped from the car. No, she the car is shaken up, mm-hmm. ripped, and then she's running and running and running until she finds like a safe place per se. And this wolf the <laughs> Alright is the most <laughs> Just, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do this at all. Like, we understand animal attacks and werewolf attacks from, like, by now from movies and other shows at this point. But to make it a deliberate point that the wolf, spoiler alert, ends up killing this lady, rest in peace, (laughs) eats her from the vagina down, (laughs) is like, oh... So I, I get all the things you're alluding to. She she's out there late at night. She was waiting for a sexual encounter. She did not get this sexual encounter she was waiting for. Sexual encounter with her teacher. With her teacher. Important. No. Very important. I actually nope. don't know if it turns out to be important. I'm only on episode three. <laughs> I, I I'm only a little bit further than you. Yeah, it's another trope. You know, don't don't have sex or you die. Or in this point or in this point, don't attempt to have sex or you die. Yeah. Uh but it definitely <laughs> revealed the monster side because I, uh, I don't know I don't know if I should spoil it. Well, it's a, it's a guy. I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah. That. All right, so the wolf it, it is a guy. Of course, it's monstrous men. The episode. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and it, and that gave a oh I don't want to use that pun. <laughs> it gave a whole do new, it gave do a whole, it gave a whole new meaning to eating her out. Oh boy. Yeah. God bless. I'm sorry. I forgive me, y'all. That is a horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Look, y'all should have seen the mess. Just, just it was a graphic scene. It, it was. I actually don't think it was needed because we understand what, what was going down. We get that if you have sex, you die, and anything that is horror related, she died. But I think Eli wanted to just put the little nail in the coffin. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm making the point here, loud and clear. Uh, there's that wolf attack, and there's a new person in town. His name is Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter is uh, Romanian, and him and his family are wanderers. They come into this is, I shouldn't say a state, but this new land and trailer area that used to be his grandfather's. He starts going to school, and he initially runs into this this uh, this woman who's trying to be a novelist. Mm. And there's nothing advertly uh, off about her. She's just very intuitive and very insightful. And the first thing she claims about him is like, oh, you're a werewolf. Skirt! <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, nah, you're lying. And apparently, if your index finger and middle finger are the same length, you're a werewolf. I checked myself five I times checked. after that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah, uh, not a werewolf. I'm like, ooh, I'm dangerously close. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait. And that actually, gave, I, I had a question of like, yeah. is this in a world where like, that's just real. <laughs> I, I guess so because because it like 
so it, like it goes on yeah. in school he goes there and everyone starts making fun of him calling him a, calling werewolf. a werewolf yeah and i was like is he is like is this like normal exactly because <laughs> it was so easily believable yeah. for them I'm like is this a joke or is this <laughs> like they, they know something that i don't know because i wasn't <laughs> sure yet it's like the senior guys he a cullen and like they're just all okay with this exactly <laughs> well first off you have to be okay with the fact that i think everybody and their mama in that town knows that what's his name godfrey's uh daughter roman's sister she's frankenstein without she... a shadow of a doubt Shelly is Frankenstein. She looks like it. Okay, so first of all, I didn't know her name was Shelly. Yeah. And Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, mm-hmm. so she probably might yeah. be. <laughs> but I thought she looked a little bit like the beings described in Lovecraft's work. The I forget what they're called, but like the um the fish people. Because she's got like the big oh, eye. Oh, that could be a two part um, thing. Yeah, so it's like like a two part homage to it. I yeah, know, yeah. I can see that. But I mean her name is Shelly. She's no. she's a Frankenstein. She's, she's definitely a Frank. I, I'm, it's, yeah, she's a Frankenstein. But she she could possibly be part of that too. Only reason why I'm like I just piece two and two together because in the one scene, it's her her father is disowning her again, mm. like Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, like, no, that's not my daughter in there. Don't you ever call her by her name. Blah, 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 blah. I dislike all my creation. <laughs> A no, plus dad. A plus dad. And then it's, stor- <laughs> and it's storming and lightning out and raining. Yeah. And if I'm like, that's Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Peter, he, I guess, begrudgingly, happily, becomes friends with Roman. And Roman, here's how puberty decides to hit you. Like a ton of bricks. <laughs> or the smoothest transition you ever felt. Like you're just rubbing a wall of silk. Yeah. He's much more in that silk category. He's definitely in the silk category. He has the nice slick bag hair. He's a Godfrey, so we already know he comes from money. But he just feels bored with everything in town because he's got it all. The good looks, he's tall, the athletic build, nice body. It's just puberty did all the favors for him. Yeah. Acne is not present. <laughs> Crazy hair is not present. He's a smooth talker. He drives nice cars. He's got it all. He's very into blood. Very into blood. <laughs> hint. Hint. <laughs> he's <Funny>. a vampire. <laughs> like, and, and he's a vampire. And I think it uh, runs in the family. I am. Because his brother, in real life, Eric Skarsgård. Yes. Played. Or not Eric Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> played Eric, Eric Northman. Eric Northman. In True Blood. <laughs> Let me tell you. Eric Northman. <laughs> That's a vampire for sure. Yeah. He okay. So <laughs> what I like is that they're not explicit about his vampirism. No, like they're very subtle. Yeah, I thought for me it's like because I I'm trying to watch it as if I don't know that he's a vampire. Right. And it's like he it's like it feels like he could be Lucifer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like... That's what I was thinking of at first. I'm like, oh, is he he's a demon. I'm like, he's he's a pure devil child. Yeah. And then as it got on, I'm like, well, no, he has a thing for blood. He's doing that whole glamour thing, right? I'm like, yeah. So he's probably a vampire. It's just his mom I'm not sure about. She throws me off. I I think she's just like Lilith. She just like, <laughs> <laughs> I think, it's like one, two, she she has two you know, she has a Frankenstein child and, and, yeah. a, and a vampire child, and she she knows they're monsters, but she seems unaffected, and she's weirded out by werewolves and all these. I'm like, oh, she, Jean Grey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that who that is who plays Olivia, not Sophie original, Turner, the yeah. original, Jean original Grey. Jean Grey. Her name, her name is F A M K E Jansen. Famka, Famka, Jean Grey. Jean Grey. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we tried. I'm, I'm so sorry. Don't hate us if you ever listen to this. We are we're trying. Um, but I I like the compare and contrast with with both Peter and with both Roman with uh, the puberty aspect because when you're going through puberty and you're going through all the social awareness and uh, you tend to veer off into these these different lanes. One's the suave debonair type. One's the outsider new like he literally has the whole typical you know new kid on the block new you know new to school so they both have mystery to them uh it's just one is more well established and he even mentions to his mother uh one day while when she's like waking up for school was like it took me i think he said 16 or 17 16 or 17 years to perfect this look Mm. let's not ruin anything i'm doing (laughs) now i was like 
he's got a point. <laughs> I was like, I, because when you finally found your your it thing, what makes you you, don't touch it, don't don't ruin it, because mm. puberty is also about finding yourself. But yeah, so with Peter, with Roman, it's it's nice little parallels. They're both monstrous men because they one is a werewolf that we find mm. out later, one is a vampire we find out later. And yet they both kind of go about things a little bit differently. One's a little rough and rugged, but definitely keeps to himself. One is actually doesn't like to keep to himself. He wants to be purposeful and wants to be out there more. And it's just generally extremely creepy. That's Roman. Yeah. He may be smooth and suave and debonair and all that, but he's incredibly creepy. Needs to take more lessons from Eric Northman. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely because <laughs> Eric Northman as a vampire is completely different. Viking, Viking king, um, conqueror, sex symbol, and sex god, and all of True Blood. The vampires in True Blood are just they're different. There's this whole ranking system by age. The older you are, the stronger you are, the more powers you get. Hmm. The whole glamour ability doesn't necessarily have any side effects, unlike. Uh, what happens in Hemlock Grove. Yeah, where he bleeds a little bit from the face. Yeah, he bleeds a little bit from his nose. And he's just like kind of like, you know, laughs about, like, oh, it's okay. I was like, no, um, first off, you just, you took control of someone's mind. Secondly, you're bleeding. These two things aren't good, <laughs> my man. Um, That's what threw me off about the vampire yeah. side. Because yeah. he is out in the daytime. Which yep. is not unheard of for vampires in comic books. Mm. Uh, American Vampire, they're, they're, the vampires in that are like, uh, when the vampire strain came to the U.S., yeah. it mutated. Right. So they're not allergic to silver, they're allergic to gold. And they can go out during oh, the daytime. Wow. And they're very they're a different breed. I don't want any of that. Nope. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, hey, silver, you need silver. Stay out in the nighttime. But yeah, that's why it's like, I thought he was just very into blood. And then yeah, like some like kind of like divine or god touched being mm. in some way that's fair or oh, like god touched. demon touched definitely demon touched <laughs> his cousin might be god touched i don't know do we talk about the transformation werewolf no. transformation oh no okay so woof talk about a uh, puberty hitting you like a sack of bricks yo okay <laughs> so peter roman gets this obsession with with peter and the fact that everyone calls him a werewolf and, and roman actually believes it peter reveals him it's true Roman wants to see this transformation. He wants to see how it goes. Uh, and this transformation is probably one of the coolest transformations I've ever seen. Or like, as, like, into a werewolf. Probably the best, like, analogy for puberty for monstrous mm. men. It's also easily the most violent transformation I've ever seen. <laughs> easily the most violent. Which is why I think it makes probably for the best analogy for puberty. <laughs> <laughs> so, while it's... While he, he's, he's, like, readying himself up to, to go through this change, he's actually able to do it towards, like, the evening time. Not completely night. Sun's still out a little bit, but it's later in the day. But he has to be completely naked for whatever reason. Well, the reason being because he's going to lose his clothes anyway when he gets into his wolf form. One of the first things that happens is that he starts to get a little bit hairier. And then that's when the bones start to break. <laughs> so he starts to get a little bit hairier. Nope. That happens to every guy during puberty. Your mm -hmm. bones start to break. That can just be sort of like an analogy for your growing. Yeah. But for him, he just metamorphs differently. And he's literally shedding his skin and gaining, you know, more fur, more claws. And he's baring his fangs now. His eyes start to change color. And this is like a very physical transformation that happens to a lot of guys. Well, his eyes actually fall out. Well, that's fair. Yeah, They're replaced they by different eyes. Then yeah. his teeth fall out. Yeah. And... I mean, I remember when that happened to me during my puberty. I of, remember. The teeth uh, falling out. Yeah, teeth falling out, eyes falling out. Good old fun time. I saw a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that when he turned into a wolf, the first thing he did was he ate his human stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, that makes sense, but I don't want to watch this. <laughs> first off, okay, if your eyes are just popping out, do you always regrow them? Like, they're just, like how does this work? Like, I know yeah. people have, like, a certain limit of how much they're able to regenerate until they just can't. So, like, does yeah. that happen to werewolves? Or is it just like, nah, like, we just keep going? I think it's more like they keep going. Okay. I thought it would have been cool if his eyes then changed color. Yeah. Like, he had uh, blue eyes to start with. We'll start. I don't no, remember. No, they did change. I thought they changed to, um... Well, when he grew the eyes back in, they were, like, yellowish. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I mean, like, 
his human form before the transformation uh, and after the transformation gotcha. if his eyes changed color at that right. point. I thought that would have been cool, oh, but definitely. it didn't happen. And it would have been difficult to have the whole entire show, rest of the show. He changes eye color every month. That's just... <laughs> oh, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> that like, would be yo, cool, but... are you wearing contacts or something? Yeah, I'm wearing color contacts. I'm trying yeah. it out today. <laughs> I'm on a monthly subscription plan where every month I have a new pair of colored contacts. Hey. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably the best uh, thing that can describe analogy, or the best analogy that can describe puberty, uh, because your eyes falling out is you coming into the world and seeing like a whole new perspective. Because as you're getting older, you're going to be more exposed to different things out there, the good and all the ugly as well. The, the the shifting of your bones and the changing, the crackling, the breaking, the reforming, you're going to grow taller. You're going to grow out of clothes. Uh, you're going to need new clothes. So uh, also with the, the fur, you're just going to get a little bit hairy. It's okay. You're going to grow hair. You're going to change hairstyles. It happens. Or you're going to lose hair. So it's, it is what it is. Hair <laughs> is just a part of the thing. Your teeth falling out. That can just resemble legit. Your teeth just fall out sometimes. <laughs> you're, you're finally getting your your your, your grown up teeth in, or your uh, your wisdom teeth coming your out. Wisdom teeth coming out as well. It's yeah. more about that age. Yeah. I know I had braces yeah. when I was younger. Um, uh, I think I had a retainer for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it also comes back to like the source of the monster yeah. transformations. Yeah. Um, whereas in the teenage werewolf, it was science. Mm. In this one. It seems to be the more ancient version of it, the oh, ancient yeah. like uh, folk tales um, yeah. of it. And I don't know about uh, Roman or Bill Skarsgård's his story in the show. No, we we just in- introduced him as a freak. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no, like no offense, like no no offense, Mr. Skarsgård. You know, Pennywise, but you a little creepy, my dude. But I think that's the point. You're yeah. I think he really. He was definitely a good pick to play For Pennywise sure. in the new It movie, but oh yeah, if there were a movie and he was cast as Lucifer, I would watch I'm it. I'm not surprised. I'd probably watch it. Yeah, and his brother is cast as like Michael. I'd I'm watch okay it. With that. Oh my god, that would make sense. <laughs> make it happen. We need this now. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Please. Either someone to make that or give us money so we can make it. Please, we we can do this. You know, Patreon's a thing. If you want it, we got it. We do it. We make it. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the films? Honestly, it was a lot to digest. It really yeah. was just a lot to digest. And then just starting to understand, like, huh, men are portrayed sexual deviants because Roman's character is extremely sexual, sexually promiscuous. Hmm. Um, he flirts with whomever, has sex with whomever he desires. I don't know if that's just because he's quote-unquote bored. But highly unlikely. I think that's just, you know, part of his character and his, his growing up. He feels he, if he wants it, he can do it, just acting upon those urges. Both are aggressive and want to be the leader of a group. Besides that, Olivia's creepy, and I have no idea who she is or what she is, and that just freaks me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> she could just be a motherly vampire. I feel she just can't be a vampire. I feel she is just, like, the mother of all monsters. Yeah, that, Which, that also works. Monstrous women. Oh my god. Oh no, I guess I just put down just different types of monstrous men. From the brooding to the mysterious to the hyper aggressive to having weird elongated index fingers which make you werewolves for no apparent reason because that yep. might actually be something for someone out there in this world. <laughs> Congratulations. You, oh, you're a wolf. You're a wolf. You're a wolfy there, boy. Uh, just another thing with puberty is the acceptance of yourself and trying to disinvalue stigmas because there is a large stigma placed upon Peter because he is Romani. Mm. He gets called the G word a lot. And it's obviously in this show, it's, it's said with a lot of like spite behind it. Yeah. It is meant to like take him down a peg that and just the sheer fact that people call him a wolf without actually knowing him. There's a lot of people that just don't know him. And because of one like tall tales, like, Oh, you're a werewolf. I mean, it doesn't help the fact that he is one, but like, at least give the brother a chance. <laughs> this time, once more with feeling. We're going on a field trip. All the feels, feels. All of them. We got those feelings. Feelings. Oh, oh. For the cryptids and Yeah, all of them. Feelings. Okay, so if you if you like it, 
It is any shirtless Skarsgård. Yeah. If you don't like it, it's your eyes are falling out replaced by wolf eyes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm never going to unsee that. Never. Like, at all. <laughs> so what about for the topic? Monstrous men in media. Any shirtless Skarsgård. You like it? Yeah, I, lo- I like the topic a lot. Uh, it definitely, because we did, you know, Monstrous Women. I think it was good to have the, the counterpart to it of Monstrous hmm. Men. Uh, to give a little insight on it. Now, it was a little tough to actually find more uh, information on just monstrous men. Because mm. women are depicted as monsters in media a little too often. Patriarchy. <laughs> but um, it, it was really interesting, and especially using the, the two the movie and the show to, to help you know understand it all. Yeah. I'm leaning towards any shirtless scars guard. Yeah. I mean, I also like the phrase any shirtless scars guard. Yeah. Yeah. I think really, yeah. yeah. Um, I find it's, we could use a, a more monstrous men, specifically about puberty being monstrous for men, as yeah. opposed to being heroic. Right. Um, uh, we could use more of that. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there should be a neutral option. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be cool if there was a neutral option, but you know, but the, the world, <laughs> the world. Yeah. Yeah. So what about, um, I was a teenage werewolf. That is, for me, very hard. My eyes are falling out or being replaced by wolf eyes. Yes, and extremely hard. My eyes are falling out being replaced by wolf eyes. It's, it's, it was, it's a product of its time, and that's such a crappy excuse. Yeah. But I just, it's just, it's, so it's the subtle misogyny that really, really grinds like, it really grinds my gears. Yeah. Of the... Like the the like Tony's girlfriend. He has a girlfriend that wasn't even mentioned in the synopsis. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's a sweetheart. She is. She's like is like she's there too for good him. for Tony. Yeah. Leave Tony. Oh, I mean he's dead, but I, mm. Arlene, leave Tony. You're too good for him. Please, girl, you can do better. Pop yeah. was right. Yeah, he's he, right. He's a dick, but yeah. he was right. But he was right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mom was right, too, because Mom was right there. She's like, eh, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Tony tried to, you know, stake his claim and his worth. Like, I can, I will at least defend her. Yeah, okay, Tony. We said all of that went. Yeah. Hemlock Grove. I will give it any shirtless Skarsgård. Any shirtless Skarsgård. I'm digging the mystery. I'm definitely digging the mystery. And there's so, so much to like unfold. Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it before the show. Um, like an episode or two uh, behind from finishing. But everything I'm seeing, at least finishing season one. But everything I'm seeing so far, I've been enjoying it. And it's given me you know, pretty good insight. Very crazy and rambunctious moments that have popped up. Yeah. Um, but... The mystery and what's driving it with uh, all all the things that needs to be uncovered. And it's kind of cool that it is at least placed in PA for me. So like, yeah. all, all, all those creepy, I guess we're just a creepy place, a creepy state. Yeah, we got a lot of wilderness. Yes, we definitely do have a lot of wilderness. You and know, there's and, creepy, spooky stuff in there. Yeah, a lot of spooky stuff. A lot of spooky <laughs> stuff. And uh, yeah, I think I just have to watch until I figure out what Olivia is. I need to know yeah. what is Olivia. <laughs> Like, if the, if the, the show doesn't tell you, just switch the books. Yeah, like, tell me. <laughs> I need to know. Like, I have so many questions. <laughs> I, it's like, it just seems like she just has this extremely strong, alluring, like, sense of self. She, We already know she's immensely powerful from one reason or another, from her influence, her money, to just how she wears a dress and how mm. she enters a room. She gains all the attention to, there's something dark and mysterious about her past. I need to know that. You know, the the Lil, Lilith idea tracks because yeah. she's always wearing white. Yes. And that's, I feel like that's an intentional choice. I think so, too. <laughs> I, I think so, too. Which also makes it a little, because see, now I need to know if her and the one, is he a Godfrey? God, Norman? Is he a Godfrey? Norman. Which one's Norman? Is he the psychologist? Um, No, that, I forget the psychologist's name. He is... I guess he's like an investigator, but his... Oh, yeah, I think he is a Godfrey. He is part share owner of the institute, like yeah. the medical institute, but he's not the like the doctor that's been working on like all the people there. He's the one that has a problem with him. Uh, is he the one who is sometimes sleeping with... Yes. 
So that's he's a psychologist. Oh, he is a psychologist. He's okay. the one who talks to the crazy guy. I think, yeah, no, because his brother yeah. was um, Roman Jean Grey's yeah. uh, ex-husband. Yeah, and that's Roman and Shelley's father. Yes. Yeah. And then his daughter is the one who is a little bit too familiar. Yeah. With with Bill Skarsgård with uh, Roman. Uh, just, just a little They're cousins. Bit, yep. It's weird. It's very. It's very. Very creepy there, like yeah. uncomfortably so. Mm-hmm. And we find out. Well, I found out. I don't know if you're there, but as we said, a demon touch on one side of the family. Yeah, hers might be a divine touch. Yeah. So the Lilith thing can really track. It, <laughs> it can does. really track ground <laughs> if that's true. I'm like, oh, which will actually make this so much more interesting. So. Eli, you did good. <laughs> so, as always, we are your ghouls next door. And don't get married. We'll, we'll eat, eat your, your kids. kids.